Number one, he has promised eternity. So we shall be with the Lord forever. Eternity with Christ. He's introducing to you now eternity with Christ. That's number one. Number two, he's also saying the following, that there is a grand reunion to go and meet the Lord up there. And so I understood the vision. The vision of January the year 2017, I understood it better. Why did I understand it better? Because now I was able to make a distinction between the vision of November 25th, the year 2006, Kehancha, when I saw the rapture of the dead, they resurrected first, transformed, glorified, and went up. Remember the dust? I thought it was an earthquake. They came out of the dust and they went to pure glory of the Lord. We are all together on this. I've said it forever, right? And then, the one of January 2017, when it was actually they lifted up again by the Lord, looking left and down, the moment they lift, that's now those, the we, 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 the generation that is exonerated from death. I saw them now going up and taken up to meet the Lord and those who had been taken earlier. So this is very serious what he's saying here. He's saying that uh, there is a... Gra- so, so now in the vision of, uh, of January 2017, do you remember the part which has always been enigmatic? As they came to the same level in the sky where I was, by the clouds, and the cloud of God appeared right here, then they turned right like this. Then when they crossed, I kept describing the cloth, of course, the white glorious garment, right? But most importantly also, I mean importantly also, I have always described the fact that I don't understand why I saw some of them holding their children, right? It just shocked me so much because I thought it was a personal event, a singular event before the Lord, but now with children. Only after reading this, I was standing here with a lot of pastors from another, all over the world here, I was standing here that day when it hit me. He said, no, that is the family reunion he was demonstrating to me. Hallelujah. That now, <laughs> the people that, that was family, was presented family, families are going to be reunited up here. So, it will not only be re- reunion with Christ, but also with the, your loved ones that died earlier. I understood that message when they were holding hands now. Because you know, sometimes you have to contextualize it and you crush your head, you scratch your head, you say, what does this mean? Because he's saying there's no marriage up there. And what, what, why are families holding hands and so forth, right? But now I understood later he was saying reunion of families. And it was actually the answer that the church in Thessaloniki needed when they thought they had lost their loved ones, right? Hallelujah. Very serious. And so he says, Romans chapter 14, if you read with me there, this grand reunion... I, 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 Romans chapter 14. <laughs> we have so much to cover. I don't know whether we'll make it. Oh, time is flying, right? <laughs> Sometimes you don't like it. I don't want to use the word I hate it. <laughs> I, 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 I. There's so much. We barely scratched even just even less than one hundredth of what we have tonight. So he says, Romans chapter 14, verse 80 says, If we live, We live for the Lord Jesus. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord forever. This is very powerful. So in other words, I like that. So he's saying big things right there, right? So he says, so shall we be with the Lord forever. But look at this now. And then he's defining the very people. 
He's defining the very people that shall be with the Lord forever. Because he's saying, already on the earth here, they are living with Jesus forever in their hearts. That whether we live, we live for him and with him. If we die, we die with him and for him. So for them, they can even die for him. He's even defining them here. That's very serious. Very, very serious. In other words, who are those that will live with him forever then? Who are those that he's making, look at this now, he's making a public invitation to them to come share eternity with him, Christ. Then he's saying, they are the ones whom right now on this earth, they have Christ in their hearts, but when Christ is being abused, they are also being abused. When the gospel is being rejected, they are also being rejected. When the world is forsaking salvation, they are also being forsaken. When, the, when Jesus is being blackmailed, they are also being blackmailed. Like that. So, these are people that are faithful to Jesus already eternally here and now. And you cannot say, oh, on that day I will be faithful. Not at all. Already faithful here. And very seriously so. So, that should really cause you to go and recalibrate your Christian salvation. In other words, persecution is now welcome. You live for Jesus. Everything gravitates around Jesus. The interest of Jesus first. That phone call, before you take it as would Jesus have taken this phone call? How does this help my eternity? Does it please the Lord, right? Hallelujah. So reunion with Christ. And then he says, the book of John chapter 12, verse 26, he says the following. John chapter 12, 26. Again, I'm still handling this public invitation to spend eternity with Christ. That when you look at the scripture of the rapture, the scripture that defines the rapture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 to 18. When you look at that scripture, the quick things that scream at you, the message you take from there or take to the church when you read it, is the fact that number one, there must be a transformation for you to enter the glorious kingdom of God. Right? You, you realize that. Number two, now we are seeing that the church is going to spend eternity with Christ in that scripture. And that's where we are now. But in that spending of eternity with Christ, we are beginning to understand that there is a particular people. It's not for everybody in the church. Did you hear the word in the church? I touched church. I touched church. I did not say everybody in the world. I said in the church. But it's serious. Very serious. That some people in the church will miss. Why? Because of temporary pleasures. The fear of losing goods. Or the fear of death. That I will die. They will beat me and kill me. Or they will do something to me. I will die. I will have no job. I will have no food. So I will die. The fear of death. The fear of losing goods. And then now they renounce Jesus. So no. He's not talking about that. He's talking about people that are steadfast. And very faithful to the Lord. No matter what. Sometimes it's so radical that, wow, it challenges your heart when you see the way they're doing it, right? Oh, yes, sometimes, no, their line is very clear. Their line on choice is very clean and clear wherever you are like, wow, you quit that job. I know I quit it. That was no brain. I just quit the job. Yeah. Thank you. You, I quit the job, but you are a professor. No, 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 that's no brainer. I just have to give this priority. This is important. Wow. That is serious. And sometimes you are marveled. You say, in such a key position, you're a professor. How are you leaving it? No, 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 no. I just walked out. I remember such an email hit me and said, please, can I quit my job? I did not know how to respond to that email, right? Did I respond to it until today? Not at all. Not yet. But she simply walked out of it. 
And now she wrote me another email that I've quit the professor's job. I'm now serving the Lord. No. Because you may panic about goods of the earth. The good man. But then he's saying, for her it's very clear and easy that you choose Jesus first because eternity is expensive and is unpurchasable. It's very clear there's no choosing there. Yeah, there's no choosing. There's no choice. You cannot choose between Jesus and something. It's very clear. You just take Jesus. Right? Ay, 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 ay. That shocked me. John chapter 12, 26, he says the following. Because we live in a generation of providence. Right? John chapter 12. And of course, my, I did not mention my other daughters here also who wrote to me and asked me whether they can quit professor's jobs. <laughs> it, was, it was very shocking what you people have done. But you see, now it's very clear that eternity is beckoning, right? Yes, when you pass me, I want to quit, please. What should I do? I want to quit this job. And, and you, you went, I said, just go, just do it. And you walked out and you said, no. Yeah, I'm going to preach Jesus. Hallelujah! Not that we are against education or anything, but I'm just saying that these are weighty matters here. These are heavy things we are reading here. Mm, these are serious matters of eternity. They are unpurchasable, undebatable. Hallelujah. Because if you want to know that they are serious, eternity in the lake of fire is a long time. Very long, long time. And on a daily basis, you are wailing, you are crying, but you can't breathe. But give me another chance. I will not abuse your prophets again, please. Whatever. You are saying things there like I heard them say. Amazing. So, John chapter 12, he's saying, verse 26, if you read with me over there, he says the following. He says, whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also must be. My father will honor the one who serves me. So again, another alluding to want in red, to wanting to spend eternity with his church, his faithful church. And that is the big eternity with Christ that you see beaming, trumpeting out when you read the scripture on 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 to 18, right? Hallelujah. And then, oh, I don't know what to do. Should I get somebody to read for me scripture so that I may move faster? Yeah, because it looks like we may not make it. Just read it, yes. Read it. Yes, let him come back, back, move backwards uh, up to where, where Mondays is and then he can be there and read it from there. So that I can move fast. Otherwise, we are not going to make it. We are not going to make it. It will be quite... Um, uh, just read. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 10. Don't worry, just read it, it's alright. So that I can move faster because I think I'm not going to make it if I do it this way. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 10. Who died for us that whether we wake or sleep we should live together with him. Very powerful. So the scripture is very clean and clear. There is a public invitation for us to very powerfully with Jesus. So the and that is the reason we are Christians and born again. There's no other reason, right? And he's saying the book of Luke 23, 43. Luke 23, 43. Luke 23, 43, por favor, en español. Luke 23, 43. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, 
today shall thou be with me in paradise. That is serious. Hallelujah. So again, an invitation to spend eternity with Christ. And in that scripture, that was the thug on the cross. So there are many things you can pick up when you read uh, the, the scripture on First Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's look at the grand rescue. Okay? The grand rescue. I want to begin by first defining the church. Again, because now we see the prophetic timeline. The kingdom is there. The rapture is happening somewhere here. There is Daniel's 70th week somewhere here, right? So, and then of course the millennium and then uh, the rest are there. So now, the white throne judgment also. So now, the thing is this. There is the snatching away of the church. It's like this, look. It's like a swoop. Look, have you ever seen an ego come for a chick? Yes. Like that. It comes. Take away. It's a forceful snatch. Don't tell me that. But Don't worry. You are in safe hands. Don't do that. This is the rapture of the church, please. Hallelujah. Yeah, but it's a forceful snatching away because of danger. Because of danger. And he has the right because he paid his own blood for the church, right? To remove the church from a disaster zone. You see the disaster we have created on the earth? Okay, now that is going to get worse. Now that's why he must remove you, the church, from the disaster zone. So, that's why I want to begin by definition. The definition of the church is called ecclesia. Ecclesia. Ecclesia means removed from the world. Separated from the world. That's where I want us to begin from. Called out of the world to serve God. To evangelize Jesus and remove people from hell. Ay, that is serious definition right there. Did somebody hear what I said? Did somebody hear something serious also? That is serious. He's saying, not only are you called out of the world, but also given a commission to serve the Lord in the world. Look at me now. To serve the Lord in the world. And the job description thereat is to snatch people from hell. Oh, that is serious. The role of the church. Then, it brings right to the fore a very significant monument right there in front of you. Because he's now saying, but if you are coming to snatch away those that are the light of the world, that are the ones snatching people from fire, then whom are you living? What kind of world will it be? Oh, yes. That's why I, I like the way I've walked with you tonight. Because now we are getting to move in the same direction so you can see how the Lord thinks about these events. Because now, it's not just the rapturing of the church, but also the consequence of rapture on the earth. Oh, yes. 
So if you are reading, uh, if you are, if you are reading the scripture of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 all the way to verse 18, the things that are looming to you is now not only just the consequence of rapture, that you are raptured, you spend eternity with God, you are going to a different location, mailing address and what have you, but also the consequences of your removal from this earth. But also the consequence of your being removed and taken into glory. Meaning there are subsequent events there also. There is the appearing before the judgment seat of Christ for rewards. There is the going with Christ in the triumphal entry. Triumphal return to Jerusalem with Jesus. There is the reigning with Jesus. There is the wedding supper, the day of the wedding of the Lamb, which I said is the grand master reunion where everybody in heaven comes together for the first time. The Old Testament saints and the saints of the, the New Testament all together for the first time worshipping the Lamb of God. Did you understand me? I described that already. I even described the garment. If you give me time, these things are in front of me here. Even the garment they wear is actually the transfer of innocence, the innocence of Christ. Do you remember the thief in the cross saying that, for us we deserve this. What is happening to us is what we deserve. But for this man is innocent. Do you remember Pilate also washing his hands and saying, no, this man, I've looked at him, he's innocent. That is the innocence he transfers now to all of them. That's why they are wearing finest linen, bright and clean inside heaven. Right? And that garment, let nobody lie to you from a prosperity preaching kind of uh, theological colleges or, or doctrines or, 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 or not hospitals, but they're called denominations. Eh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Denominations of this and that. Let nobody lie to you that that garment, you get it in heaven. That garment, I saw the vision, they were wearing it as they are going up. That garment is worn here and now. Don't let anyone make you avoid holiness that uh, it's a finished job. When you get there, you'll be given. No, 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 no. I saw them with that garment. I've described even the cloth that connects the body. Oh, yes. So it is the righteousness. You live here and now. Okay, watch yourself a money. There is responsibility. Hallelujah. And so, this is powerful because he's saying that now, not only are you looking at the snatching, the, this, we are looking at the grand rescue, right? That the church is being rescued from here. But whom are you removing from here? The very light of the world. So you can imagine the consequence of rapture on the earth. Absolute plunge into darkness. I know that I have walked. I've seen myself walking after the rapture and it's very dark. And there are some people that simply fooled around and left the ministry. And was running behind me and said, please help me. Why is this so dark? Why am I knocking stones? There were knocking stones in front of me like this. I said, I cannot help you now because I have to leave. I was headed elsewhere. Yeah. God is not a joke. The Lord is very serious. Extremely. The cloud of God is speaking here. So that is very serious. That is very serious. You cannot wish it away or dismiss him. Oh my Lord, you cannot. The worst thing that you can ever treat the Lord to is called contempt. Mother Rao. He does not forgive that. He has left his throne where he's being worshipped. 
and come to visit and he has left millions of churches globally and come here and watch and, he has, and, and people have since said that's the God we worship also and you did not go there don't, don't take chances with eternity please don't say oh let me go in front and see how it will be don't do that don't play around that day it will hurt it's also called the day of grand disappointment remember the rolling and gnashing of teeth in the dust so this is very powerful because he's saying that he is removing the very light of the world from the world he's removing those that were given the duty in the book of matthew 28 verses 16 to verse 20 the great commission they were given the great commission to go and snatch people from hell fire now they are the ones he is removing my lord i don't know i think maybe i'm not clear to you people again he's saying in zechariah chapter 3 isn't this man a burning stick snatched from the fire a burning stick snatched from the fire the ones that are snatching people from fire. And remember in that sermon I said that fire is sin. Because the wages of sin is what lands into fire. So the ones that are removing people from fire are the ones he is taking away from the earth. Can you imagine the type of earth that would be where there is free fall now for wickedness. Because only now the church with the Holy Spirit in her is the one that is neutralizing wickedness now. So, can you imagine when now the church has been removed? What type of world? So, for that alone, you say, I don't want to remain here. For that alone. I don't want to see that level of wickedness. Hallelujah. So, we don't have much time to do this. Yes, so, the book of Luke chapter 12, we're reading 35, 40. Real quick, how to prepare. Be ready all the time. And I need to move on. I may not have time to read it. Read it very fast. Let your loins be guarded about and your lights burning and be yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding that when he cometh and knocketh they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants. Thank you so much. So that's enough. So blessed are those servants whom the master finds ready. When he says those, oh he has split the church into two. Right? Meaning, there are those that will not be blessed. There are those that won't be ready. He has cut the church into two, and he says, "Blessed are those whose master finds." In fact, my version says, "Blessed are those servants." He has already cut into half. So there are those. You know, look at. Can, can you focus? I think I rather read uh, NIV. It's better so that you'll get it better. It's very powerful if I read it. I don't have much time to read. <laughs> <laughs> we bless Jesus. <laughs> I think I need to calm down and slow down and whether I just cover a little but <laughs> I want to give you everything out of love, right? Hallelujah. He's saying the book of Luke chapter chapter 12 verse 35 to 40 says the following. I begin with verse 40 says, you must also be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect the imminency of his return. First strikes you when you read the lead scripture. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 to 18 that we are now expounding on. We are opening up for you, right? The things that come out of that scripture, the instruction. You see right away there, 
that he is coming at an hour on a day when nobody knows. So you have to be ready all the time. You don't want to take chances, right? And then he says here, verse 35, Luke 12, he says, be dressed ready for service and keep your lamp burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. Verse 37, he says, it will be good for those servants. Those, if I were you, those servants, I underline that. Those two words. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly I tell you, dress himself and then he will serve them. Converting them from servants now to be like lords, they recline, he serves them. What is he rewarding? He is rewarding watchfulness, waiting. But what is the message there? He is saying that all of us, when we become born again, we become servants of Christ. That's number one. Number two is saying, however, there are genuine Christians and false Christians. That there are genuine servants and false servants. That is serious. Very serious. That's now very, very serious. That there are servants who are genuine and there are servants who are false, fake. Jesus is saying in red here. He's saying, the genuine Christians are those that upon receiving Christ begin to wait for Jesus. Right there. Begin to wait for Jesus. And then he goes on and on. So very powerful, blessed people. And then the book of Genesis chapter 3, I'm reading again here. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. Oh, the great commission. Can I have somebody read for me so we move faster? Okay, then Genesis 12, verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, that is the great commission the Lord giving to Abraham. The great commission. Hallelujah. And then, the book of Matthew 28, we have read verses 18 to 20, when he's telling them to go and baptize the whole world. And Mark chapter 16, 15, he says, go preach the gospel to the entire known world. Okay? And so, in other words, go remove people from the lake of fire. You see somebody that's being removed from the earth. He's the one, the very one that's removing people from fire. Ah, yeah, yeah. Time is over. He's withdrawing them. He's saying, out, out, out. Let's go, let's go. You'll get burnt here. Let's get out of here. Aye. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 2. Is this not a burning stick snatched from the fire? Revelation chapter 14 verses 9 and 11. The fire and the smoke of their torment raises on forever and ever. So the lake of sin is fire really. The lake of fire is fire. John chapter 9, 4, read it please. While it is still there. The message from there. I'm, I'm saying, no, no. Okay, 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 just a moment. You, you just you have John chapter 9 ready and you are standing still. But everybody focus on me. Are you following the paradigm I'm pursuing with you? Yes, because what I'm saying is this. I've already defined for you Ecclesia, the church set apart from the world, right? I've defined you that very clearly, even from her name. Called out. Called out of the world 
for God's purpose. Which purpose? To remove people from the lake of fire. I'm simply defining who is being removed and the consequence of that grand rescue. Are we together? We are still on grand rescue. Hallelujah. Oh yes, we finished transformation and then we finished also the spending of eternity with Christ. The glaring truths that come out of the message of the rapture. And now we are handling the grand rescue. And I've simply brought it a little deeper for you. It commensurate with your stature. And I'm pursuing a certain line with you. And in that pursuit, what I've said is the following. I've defined her as ecclesia. Then I've said, wow, what unto this world if the very ones that are snatching people from the fire are the ones being now rescued? What will be of that world, right? And then it's so a wickedness free fall, right? And then now, I am reaching a place where I'm picking instruction from there for you. In other words, what is the message then? What is the message then if the church, the very one that is snatching people from the fire is now being rescued out for her own well-being now? You come out, come out, come out. No, there is this one person I wanted to pull. No, utachomeka, toka pale. Utachomeka, sasa toka tu sasa, sani mbaya. Utachomeka, hiyo nyumba karibu ya nguku. So, so, you know, you, again, for English speakers, the, 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 you are inside there trying to pull them out of fire. The Lord is saying, no, get out, time is over. Let's go now, let's go now. You're going to get hurt there now. He's now withdrawing, right? Withdrawing those that are charged with the duty of rescuing people from fire, right? And then I'm saying, but what is the message to you as the pastor and those tuned in as the church globally? What is God saying in that to you from the fact that there is this grand rescue of the very church, the light of the world? Then he's saying, number one, while it is still day, John 9, 4, that now run now, run and remove them now. Soon it will not be possible. Yeah, there's so much scripture to read. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. He's saying time is very short and the Christian believers must redeem time and they must work very hard on this earth while they are still here before the day of rapture. Hallelujah. John chapter 7033. 7, 733 rather. Serious stuff. Very big time, blessed people. <laughs> You're like, we came to eat. What is this? <laughs> you will eat. Don't worry. But allow me to do this. Eh? You say you are eating breakfast. Okay, lunch is coming then. You said we are eating breakfast. Eh? Eat burekas now. Burekas, we have Israeli burekas sometimes here. I don't understand properly. Bureka, we do Israel, they are cheese burekas, right? That we are burekas now. Hallelujah. They say we are eating breakfast now. No, we are eating burekas. <laughs> we love the Israeli cheese burekas. We do. <laughs> There's no question about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. He said, now. Run now before the rapture. The only time for you to snatch them is now. Snatch as many. Now, now. 
in the streets and everywhere, in the hospitals and every place. Remove them from the fire. Because the time is coming when you cannot. John chapter 7, 33. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time, and then I am going to the one who sent me. That is serious. John eleven nine. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see the light of the world. Oh yes, because night is coming. He's saying Matthew chapter five, thirteen, sixteen. The grand rescue. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness... Can you imagine eating food without salt? It is bad. Very bad. So, actually, salt is the deliciousness of food. It is. It is. Because then you put it and it just changes the profile, the taste of that food. So, he's saying the church... Is supposed to be the one changing the profile of the conversation on the earth. Life on the earth, right? You're supposed to make the earth have some favor, some flavor. Life on this earth to have some flavor, some meaning, some value. But if that is the one you are removing, can you imagine what would be on the earth? That's what I'm saying. Let's dig a little deeper. Not just saying, okay, the rapture, which is very powerful. It's powerful to preach it, powerful to prepare them. But can we look deeper at the consequences also? Consequences on the earth of snatching away the church and consequences in heaven. The events that also happened there because now the church is there. And I've seen her at the throne, by the way. That was the first time I saw the church inside heaven. So this is serious stuff that is to equal stature that you are. Hallelujah. Because you know, outside there, in, those na- in the nations where I go, I just have to give a conference and then announce the coming of the Messiah, do a healing service and move to the next city. But here we can open up scholarship expedition, right? And open up the word, expose it, right? So can we move a little faster? Very powerful now. You are the, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. So, total darkness on the earth. Because you are the habitation of the Holy Spirit, who is holding back the dominion of darkness. So now, when you are taken away, then the Holy Spirit is taken away in the, in the, in the case that he is now not in feeling everybody, right? Hallelujah. And then we have Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15, 17, real quick, before we read, uh, real quick. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Okay, now, so, so that's very good, very powerful. Because now, we know the church is being taken away, right? At rapture. And then, I want you to have the following scenario now, in terms of identifying the church. Are we together still? Whereby now, the church is being snatched away. But can we look at also the history of this event? Because you saw Enoch is raptured. That is Genesis chapter 5. I'm saying within the context of rescue, by the way, we're still here. But Enoch is raptured before the floods. Are we together now? Before the floods. 
instructed. So if he wants to read, he can read uh, Psalm 27 verse 5 and Exodus 33 verse 21, but Psalm 27 verse 5. So look at this now. There are three types of people on the Noah floods, the scenario of Noah floods. Those who are taken away before the floods, before the judgment, they are symbolized by Enoch. And those that perish in the floods, symbolized by the rebellious generation of Noah's time, and those that are saved through it, through it, symbolized by those in the ark. And remember the earth was quite big at that time also, full. And the Lord decided to destroy the entire earth. I need to move a little faster here because I have so much in front of here for you. Can, can you move a little faster? Ambrose? For in a day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. That can only be in the kingdom of God. Because you saw Revelation 3.10, the entire known earth is shaken violently by judgment, right? The wrath. Are we together now? And then he's saying, he's saying the book of Acts, uh, uh, Acts chapter 8, verses 39, 40, another case where now Philip, Acts chapter 8, 39, 40. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again. So thank you. So it lifted him. That's another symbolism. But I want to mention one case in time here where Paul also is snatched up. Another case in time of one standing in front of you here. And then when Jesus also was raptured. So now it's time for the body to be raptured. The body now. So it's your turn. Hallelujah. So this is very powerful. So the Lord has done this before. But we need to move and run real quick. So what is the Lord rescuing the church from? Revelation 13.5 if you read very fast and move Revelation 12.6. Revelation 13.5 The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies. Continue forward. And blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe. That is it. The whole earth, every tribe, language, people, nation. No one escapes. Then it was given power to wage war and conquer. And conquer. Remember, on this rock, you are Peter. On this rock, the confession that I'm Christ, the son, that he is Christ, the son of the living God. That confession. I shall build my church and the dominion of darkness shall not prevail. But now you had there given power to prevail over. So the church definitely is out. Has been taken away. She's not there. So in other words, you have the Old Testament saints and then you have the church and then the tribulation saints. So once you characterize it very well, then you understand where you should be, how you should prepare the church quickly to get out of here. Isn't it? To get out of here. Because it's not theirs. And so, he's saying Revelation 12, 6. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Continue non-stop. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon Just read verse 13, the last one. Is it 17 or 13? Read it. When he turns his anger now to the church. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her, of her offspring 
those who keep God's commandments and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. That's now those who are Christians inside there. In other words, there is no protection in there for the church, right? Daniel chapter 7, 21, 22. I wish these things could be read in your hand. As I watched, this horn was waging war against the holy people and defeating them. And defeating them. So you understand why he's snatching his church out? Now it's very clear why he's snatching the church out, right? Because you cannot. He has been given power to wage war and defeat the saints. And those in Revelation chapter 6, 9 and 11, when they are crying, Lord, look, we have been slaughtered. Their souls are under the altar inside heaven. Lord, look, we have been slaughtered. When will you avenge our blood on the inhabitants of the earth? They said, please hold it a moment. Until your fellow brothers and sisters are slaughtered the way you have been slaughtered. The Lord wants them to be slaughtered at that time. So there's no protection for God's people at that time. Right? At this time, your protection. We're going to handle all this. So, very serious, the, the very, very serious stuff, blessed people, what we have in our hands here. You have seen now the snatching away, right? Step by step, we're trying to give a review, see how much we